yum nub. Eat up a yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie, and I hope you brought a better class of soldier than those stormtroopers. And my name is Matt, and I hate to say it, but it looks like the system you're searching for doesn't exist. Hmm. Timely. <laughs> well, that is more true now than ever. Yeah, I I wanted to do a Camino quote, but then I thought of Jocasta New, and I was like, no, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I like went through that whole Dexter Jester scene looking for a usable quote, and it didn't exist. Because it's too much of a conversation. Because yeah. um, it's like, depends on how big your wallet is, right? Um, it's like, none of that makes sense. And I thought of the Jocasta New quote, and I was like, no, that's it. I got it. Right on. Today we'll be talking about the season finale of the Bad Batch Season 1, which is Episode 16, Camino Lost. It aired today, August 13th, 2021. Now, before we get uh, too deep into the, the show, um, Matt, have you done any anything Star Wars related at all over the past week since last we talked? So I've been crazy busy uh, at work, and so I've got very little free time this week. Um, but the boy, for the boy's birthday, I think we talked about it last time, I had gotten him the Razor Crest Lego set, like the big nice one. Mm-hmm. And he's been sort of building that and um, showing me his progress, and we've been sort of playing with it as it's coming together. He's about halfway done. The book for this thing is insane. It's got like 500 steps to it. It's been fun to w- watch that come together. And then today, the littlest man wanted to play Star Wars after I got off work, and so we got down the big Millennium Falcon and... I was the stormtroopers while he was um, Han and young Lando, because those were the figures he found fast enough or fastest. So we played a little bit of Star Wars, but I haven't really, really haven't cha- had a chance to catch up on the comics or watch anything. But I'm going on vacation next week, so I have three days off. So I'm hoping to one get this edit done early, but also um, get some get some time to catch up on comics and things. We might watch The Rise of Skywalker because The Littlest Man has asked to watch it, watch it several times this week. But other than that, no. Have you done any Star Wars? I haven't done anything just doing the... Um, still doing the audiobook. Um, not sure how far along I am. I don't think it's too far. But, um, you know, just, just plugging along. I haven't had a real chance to do much of anything uh, Star Wars related just because of work, the camping trip, and... Um, recovering from surgery i do i do want to return to the audio book and maybe do that again um for out of the shadows but we're allowed to have a light week we watched bad batch um finished that out and there's going to be no new star wars next week i know it's a bummer i'm so used to it i guess there's still comics and stuff but you know there's no new star wars show Mm -hmm. but i think we can probably talk about all of, all of the Star Wars shows that are coming out, and maybe our wrap-up show next week, but as we have 2022 has a crazy schedule for Star Wars stuff. There will be like four or five shows, animation and live-action shows coming out, so we're definitely not in the dark times. It's just we've gotten used to um, the last four months of new Star Wars every week. Yeah, definitely. You want to get into it? Uh, you had... Um 
you told me earlier that you had somebody you wanted to talk about. Sure, we can we can move on to the review. Um, so today is the season finale of Bad Batch, and we didn't get very many new characters. It's pretty much a continuation of last week's episode, and there's just the Bad Batch, Rampart, not a whole lot of speaking parts outside of those, except the very, very end, which we'll get to, there's a new character that's introduced, and she has the title um, Medical Officer, and she's played by an actor named Helen Sadler. Hmm. Really the only new cast member that we get this week. But she has a bunch of Star Wars credits. That was fun to look up. So she played... She was the voice of Rey in Battlefront and the voice of Jen Erso in Forces of Destiny, the little um, YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. She played Rey in the Lego Holiday Special, which we reviewed on this show. And she has a current uh, she has current voiceover work being showcased in the Marvel series What If that's airing on Disney Plus right now. Right on. Uh, she also has a very long acting acting credit on IMDb. Uh, she's been in live action and stuff like Criminal Minds and CIS. She was a reoccurring character on the series True Blood. Um, but her very first credit ever was as the voice of Phasma and Ray in the video game Zen Pinball, which also included Dee Bradley Baker and Ashley Eckstein as voiceover actors. So anyway, she's she's worked a lot in Star Wars as a voiceover actor, and she's had a bunch of um, parts. If you like her as the medical officer at the end of this episode, you should look her up. Uh, and that's it for today. There is really nothing else new in this. No one else in the cast and crew that's new in this episode to talk about. Okay, so so the show uh, opens up on the bridge of the uh, Venator as Rampart is looking at the city b- being bombarded. Uh, the Bad Batch is running through the city as it comes around them. Uh, platforms fail and the structures fall into the ocean. And as the city pitches into the water, a bulkhead seals Omega, AZ, and Crosshair in a room away from Tech, Wrecker, and, uh, Echo, and Hunter. I, it took me a little bit to figure out what was happening but you know, it wasn't. It was until the aftermath that I figured that oh, they got separated. Yeah. So I just real quick because you said that, um, I found the lighting and camera work for this whole episode, especially this beginning part, to be incredibly frustrating to understand mm-hmm. to follow the plot because everything is dark. There's like flashing lights. There's water pouring in everywhere. There's like doors opening and closing. The camera is like doing that like 180. Like we're gonna look forward. Now we're gonna look behind us. We're gonna look. Bo- in front of us, we're gonna look behind us. I'm just like, please, can you please fucking stop? Like, I'm trying to follow what's going on, and it's hard because it's super dark, and the camera keeps moving. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm with you. The first time I watched this, I was like, how'd they get separated? And then on the second watch, I was like, okay, you actually yeah. see what happens, but it you have to be paying attention. So you know they get separated, and then a shot back to Rampart. He asks for a status report. Um, Clone tells him that all the Kaminoan cities have collapsed into the sea. Rampart says, "Very good," in his usual kind of uh, haughty Imperial tone, and orders them to rendezvous with the fleet. At least the clone who was giving him the report was sort of fighting back his emotions. Yeah, you're right. You're right on that. I 
I wanted to mention that I completely spaced it. Yeah, so you can tell that they don't exactly approve. So maybe something in the future? I don't know. So back at the wrecked ship, uh, AZ comes back to life and he sees Omega. And he wakes her up and they quickly find that the compartment is filled, uh, <clears throat> sorry, filling with water. This is uh, had very, um, what was the movie? Um, the Abyss vibes. Yes, yes, good call. I was trying to think of a good like submarine movie. This is very much like The Abyss. Right. Yeah, so Omega sees Crosshair, and then he's trapped under some debris, and he's also uh, still knocked out. Omega calls Hunter in the next room. She explains the situation, and Hunter orders Tech to open the door, but Tech being Tech can't do anything. But this time, it's not his fault. It's just sealed due to the breach. But uh, Wrecker decides to pry the door open with his uh, big knife. It's you could just say that it's a machete, I guess. I don't know. It's like a small weird sword. I, I could yeah. I didn't know what to call it because I also half expected it to snap off with what he was doing. Yeah. Some special metal. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to uh, get one of those uh, special Star Wars swords that don't seem to break for anything. Probably break my arm before uh before I uh, break any uh break any of the swords from knives from Star Wars. So yeah, so it's filling with water, a la you know the abyss. Crosshair is quickly underwater now awake. And uh, AZ and Omega free him uh, using uh, AZ's boosters. Now, they're still in danger of drowning, so she, Omega tries to help Wrecker with the door, but she's you know she's too weak. She can't. Wrecker eventually does pry the door open a bit, and he's sprayed with water, and Omega and Crosshair and AZ are pulled uh, into the current in the next room, and the door slams shut once Wrecker lets go. So now they're, they're all safe, but they're back in the same room. It's a risky maneuver in like a sort of like a bulkhead situation to assume that the bulkhead is going to snap closed again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, thought, uh... I thought like, what the hell is their plan? Like they're just going to flood both compartments and then slams shut again. And I was like, Oh, well I've seen plenty of submarine movies where that goes 50, 50. Mm-hmm. So, you know, due to um, plot circumstances, the door closes for this one. And once they're back together, Crosshair is just immediately just, bitching and starts blaming Hunter for what's happened. Hunter is explaining to him that the Empire bombed uh, the city and they decided that they weren't going to leave him behind, unlike the Empire. Crosshair ends up going with with them, but he's still kind of griping. The group's running through the city while everything's filling with water, and Omega stops to look at the cloning room filling with water as they keep running. And this is is a pretty cool uh, shot or scene, because it's just like, you know, you see Kamino... You know, being destroyed, but like that's kind of like the the big cloning area is kind of like I want to say the heart of it. You know, that's where maybe not they were all born, but where the, all the clones were were born. So that's kind of like the last little bit of you know the, the cloning facility. You know, it's is gone. Yeah, I think if you're gonna show one room, one like iconic room flooding, they made the right choice because this is really really the purpose of this facility right it's pretty much exists to grow and house clones and this is sort of the womb of that Mm -hmm. of that um city right so it's the place where all the people were generated and it's it is beautiful when they're showing it like fill up with waters and like the the pods are failing and things like that as they submerge and it's very very good i was i was a little concerned for like the plot of this episode at this point though because it seems like they were running pretty aimlessly. Um, and I was hoping that we would get to like hear their plan. Um, because it didn't seem like there was much of a plan at this point. But maybe we'll get there. Yeah, they probably know the area more than um, you know that, that's been let on. At this point, the, um, the city is pretty much almost vertical. 
and it uh, and eventually it hits the ocean floor. And uh, you know, kind of like in um, the beginning of Rise of the or not sorry, Revenge of the Sith. You know how they all of a sudden they're all kind of hanging. Oh, right on the invisible hand. Yeah, except this time it actually makes sense because there would be gravity. <laughs> yeah, this was another scene though where the camera work did did us no favors. Yeah, um, where they if you're going to have if you're going to have it tip, don't also tip the camera, right? Mm-hmm. Like make the camera stationary and show us what they're going through. They eventually did that, but they kept cutting to the exterior, showing like the ship or showing like the thing falling sort of jackknife down into the ocean and then hitting the, the ground and then falling over. But they kept cutting in between those two scenes too much and it was hard to tell what was going on inside the city except, oh, now they're all hanging. Now they're all level. Yeah. And once again, what the hell happened to AZ? Like, he just, like, blinked off. Okay, so it's hit the floor and it eventually starts to level off of it. And then AZ uh, turns back on. Tech notifies them that they need to find a secure location. Uh, during this time, Omega sees Crosshair kind of uh, holding back. You can tell she's pretty upset about the destruction of the city and everything that's going on. Omega ends up running after the rest of the squad, and then Crosshair eventually starts to follow. Now, the Bad Batch, uh, they make it to their old barracks, and it's still intact. Now, they, uh, they're all kind of uh, complain about how much has changed, though. Uh, the uh, Their marker board is still there, where they kept... Uh, I don't know if it was just mission counts or kills. I'm pretty sure it'd be mission count. And Echo says that, you know, at least the smell's gone. And uh, <clears throat> once again, you know, Crosshair uh, starts to getting kind of uh, complainy. You know, he, he, he points out that the Bad Bash threw away their past. And that Crosshair and Hunter argue about who's to blame for everything that's happened. Crosshair tells Hunter that everyone's going to die because he's a bad leader. Hunter has this exchange about how blindly following orders makes you a pawn. Yeah, so Crosshair is, you know, just being a general dick. But I think that's just his character. They, they look out the window, and Omega says they're not going to die because the city just happened to land on the tunnel that they used in the last episode, the one to get them to uh, Nalase's uh, private lab, which was kind of confusing to me. I guess I didn't realize that it was separate from the city. I just thought it was just a secret area in the city. Yeah, I, the geography of that lab was not clear to me either. But apparently they took a tube from the platform to the lab, and from the lab, they took a tube from the lab to the city. I guess you want multiple layers of security there, but I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. They have a way to uh, get out of the well, get out of the city. I guess yeah, is because that you know the tube's right underneath them. And then uh, Crosshair, you know, pulls a Hudson, asks uh, Newt slash you know, ask if Newt slash Omega is the boss, and Hunter then asks him if he's got a better idea. And this is where I'll then hand it over to you. Yeah, so this whole crosshair constantly kibitzing, needling, and second-guessing Hunter, everything Hunter's ever done, got old for me very fast. Mm-hmm. It's like, like really? Is this the whole character arc? You're just going to be like, oh, you're a jerk? You're incompetent? You're a bad leader? You're going to listen to the girl? Yeah. Right? It's constant. Well, he doesn't want to like take any responsibility for what happened as well. Like he, he did open fire on like his own troops. You know, like his troops disobeyed his order. He got left behind. You know, and then he's just blaming he's blaming them for what happened. He acted like he didn't really have a choice. But you know, then now he's acting like, well, it's their fault for all this has happened. Even though that, like, you know, he's still kind of like defending the empire. Even though that, like, it's obvious they just left him for dead. 
and yeah, they don't give a sh- they don't give a shit about him. It's not clear to me what's driving his character anymore. Is it is it just his need to be a super soldier? Because it seems like it's the only thing he cares about. But he doesn't have a home, right? And we'll talk about the end of this episode, which I, I don't know how else you could have ended it, but it filled me with rage. Um, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're in we're in the barracks. So AZ cuts a hole through the floor and into the tunnel, and it's they say that's an airtight hole, um, and everyone heads into it. Immediately, it's obvious that the tunnel is damaged. There's, like, cracks in the glass or whatever this material is. And Crosshair says that he wants to turn back. Uh, Wrecker starts to argue with Crosshair, um, saying there's a lot of unspoken emotions between all these people. Wrecker says, you didn't even try to come back. We would have accepted you if you wanted to come back. And then Tech ends up sort of defending Crosshair, saying he cannot change his nature. And Crosshair asks why Tech defended him. Tech says, I understand you. It's not the same as defending you. Uh, yeah. It's a very withering line. Yeah, that he's just very... It's his nature just to be uh, a prick. Right. Basically. I mean, that's what he says, right? And Yeah. And Crosshair is so damaged. He's like, he's like, why are you defending me? He's like, I called you a prick, dude. <laughs> Wasn't defending you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Omega's getting worried about the tube, too, but AZ says as long as nothing bad happens, everything should be fine. Then something bad happens. Um, A big sea monster attacks the tube. I tried to look up what the sea monster was, but it's it's listed in Wikipedia as an unidentified sea monster on Kamino. Um, So apologies, everybody. Um, Omega has this line about, is the tube protected? And AZ says if the power is on, it would be protected. So presumably there's some sort of like shield on it. But the this sea monster is attacking the tube, and everybody's running toward like deeper into the tube to get to the Nalase's lab. Um, but AZ like hovers ahead much faster to try to turn the power back on to protect the tunnel. Um, the creature starts biting the tube, and water is starting to like squirt into the tube from the teeth marks. Um, this tube would explode or implode at this point from the pressure, but. I don't know what the material is. Yeah. Um, AZ gets there and he turns the power on and it shocks the creature. That's enough to distract it. And then the Bad Batch sort of scurry up this area where the tube turns 90 degrees straight up on the Z-axis. And a bulkhead smashes behind them. It closes behind them. And they're safe from the collapsing part of the tube. Always has to be a monster. Yeah. It's a great, it's a very exciting scene, but it's very much mm-hmm. like like what's it called like tension fatigue, where it's like yeah. oh they survived the thing like blowing up and sinking to the bottom of the ocean, and now a monster's gonna eat them. Yeah, the, um, the whole es- this whole escape thing really they could have powered through it. You know, it could only you know it should have been the majority of the episode in my opinion, but I don't work at Lucasfilm, so sure they had their reasons. Bad Batch find their way to Nalase's lab. Hunter asks where they are, and Tech gives them the backstory. Um, so when, so this is t- telling you where I'm at when I was watching this episode today. Um, when Hunter said, like, where are they? And I'm like, they're in Nalase's lab. Why is he asking? I was like, oh, right. He wasn't there <laughs> with them last time. So it's a, yeah. it's a nice little continuity detail. Um, but yeah, Tech just gives them the backstory. 
And then Tech's, we talked about this last week, but Tech then reveals to Crosshair, who also is in this lab for the first time, that Omega's actually older than they are. Um, we had a little conversation last time about about the continuity or the timeline of Omega, and we tried to figure out like how old everybody was. And we said like Bad Batch might be seven, but Omega might be twelve, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be pretty true according to Tech. Not that they put numbers to it, but I think that works for the timeline. Yeah. So the team sort of explores the space and then realizes that the tube leading back to the Marauder, the tube that they brought brought them there in the last episode, is busted. It looks like a big piece just cut right through the tube. And they cannot make it back to the ship. They are trapped in the lab. AZ's running out of power, and Hunter says the power for this area is down, and they will run out of oxygen in a few hours. Crosshair starts whining again, and he says, this is what happens when you believe the kid. Hunter blames the Empire. Crosshair defends them. This is the reprieve for the episode. Crosshair and Hunter don't get along. Yeah. Um, Crosshair says, Caminos, Regs, Republic, that time is over. Crosshair wants to be a part of the Empire. Hunter says that all Crosshair is the Empire is a number. And then Crosshair goes over to the other side of the lab to pout. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of just crosshair standing still, not speaking in this episode. And I'm not saying it's bad or good. I'm just saying that that is something that happens like six or seven times. Where Omega turns around and crosshair's like standing there. You're not sure if he's going to go or not, but he really doesn't have a choice. And so he keeps following them. But now they're in a room together and he goes off to the corner to sit down and be alone. It would make sense that he likes being alone because, you know, A, he's just kind of a jerk and... He's a sniper. He has to, you know, while they're all dancing around, doing stuff uh, in battle, you know, he's by himself. So he has to be, uh, you know, he has to be used to, or at least enjoy kind of like his own company. I guess that makes sense. Um, It's just like this moody, broody thing that they're really playing up in this episode. I do think, I do think that there's a moment coming up where I want to spend a lot of time on his psychology, but right now we're getting the same note over and over and over again from him. So anyway, Omega goes over to talk to him. He's defensive and rude to Omega. And she says she used to think that Chip made Crosshair the way he was, but she doesn't think that anymore. And <laughs> I don't know if this is if this is undermining like his potential redemption or whatever, but she's like coming to terms with the type of person he is. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was it was your brainwashing that made you an asshole, but it turns out you're just an asshole. Anyway, see you later. <laughs> That's essentially what the... What, what her little talk with him was. Yeah, it's it's rough, right? Because like, she's the heart, and she's just like, mm-hmm. you're a bad person. That's just who you are. So anyway, the Bad Batch, they're exploring the lab, trying to figure out a way out of there, and they decide that their best shot is to sort of get in these medical pods, these like basically glass tubes, and ride them to the surface. Crosshair suggests that AZ could guide the pods up because debris is still falling from the city, and so the water's just like full of these big chunks of metal falling into it. So this is basically their only chance. I, They rode, I guess the pod that they rode would be at the city, not in the lab, right? Because they had to take, take it through the second tube as well. Mm-hmm. But you think they would just be able to ride that pod out. So everyone's loading up the pod, and Omega puts charges on the windows of the lab and once everybody's secured inside these little glass tubes omega blows the charges and the lab floods az is outside of these things outside of these pods and he sort of uses his 
underwater capabilities to push the pods out of the lab so they start going up because they're positively buoyant filled with air and he's sort of guiding them to avoid bumping into things along the way um there's five of these things which makes it an impossible task for one thing to guide five of these things that are have a tendency to float away from you mm-hmm. um, so on the way up the he clears the way for some of the pods and then AZ gets hit with some debris and gets caught up in Omega's pod. And when he gets hit, he sort of powers off a little bit or or Omega's pod starts sinking and he has to go down and get it. That's right. So her pod starts sinking when it gets tangled up and sort of ripped out of his control. And so he runs down to free her pod, leaving the other bad batch pods to float away um and az is clearly running out of power at this point he keep his eyes keep blinking on and off so az uses a torch to cut through the debris the other pods make it to the surface and they realize they're they don't they're not with omega anymore az cuts omegas free and starts propelling her back up to the surface but now he's desperately out of power he gets the pod to a place where it's got a clear shot of the surface And he tells Omega that her path is clear, and so he's completed his objective, and he shuts off and starts to sink. Yeah, just like Jack. Just like Jack, yeah. And... And instead of throwing the, uh, instead of staying staying safe, Rose, you know, goes in after him. (laughs) Yeah, so so she does the craziest thing a character has ever done, because she's almost home free. Omega radios to Hunter that she's going after AZ and she opens up her pod underwater, which I think would be close to impossible to do physically, but whatever. And she starts to swim down to grab AZ. She catches up with the sinking droid and grabs him, but she can't physically swim back up. She's just too deep, and we have no idea how heavy AZ is, but he's probably really heavy. Yeah, you know what? I was really, I was hoping that they had. That they were, um, they're going to let him go. Oh, good. I don't want, you know, a, finally, you know, finally, a, you know, a show that doesn't have an annoying droid. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. You're going to get. I'm sorry, not to get, not to get ahead of our skis. Hunter says he's going in to get Omega, and then Crosshair pulls out his rifle and he points it at Hunter, and it's pretty clear in this first shot that it looks like he's pointing it at Hunter's head and Hunter sort of stops and then Crosshair fires the rifle into the water and it's a tow line and it sort of captures Omega and AZ and pulls them up. Crosshair looks around after this pretty heroic thing he just did and the bad, the other members of the Bad Batch have all pulled their blasters and are pointing at Crosshair and he tosses his rifle to Wrecker and sits down and has a really defeated look on his face. And this is sort of the other moment I wanted to talk about because this is, I think, when Crosshair makes his decision. He does do the heroic sort of bad batch thing here and uses his superpower to save the day, like like they've basically done the entire season except for Tech. <laughs> well, he's used it. Just to, it just used it to help the plot go forward by, by not actually doing anything right. But in this moment, when Crosshair does the heroic thing, uses his superpower to do the heroic thing, he turns around and he sees all of his squad, all of his brothers, 
pointing guns at him like they're afraid of him. Mm-hmm. And and they don't know what he's going to do. They don't know if they're if he's going to kill Hunter or if he's going to save Omega. And they hedged that if he kills Hunter, they're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the moment when he sits down in the pod that he decides that he can't be with them. He's not making a good case for himself throughout the episode, but here I think he he sees that they don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, so Tech says that he can see the Marauder from here and suggests that they paddle that way. Bad Batch get to the platform on the first sunny day on Camino. Um, I know I told you, I know this is the one thing I said about the show in our text field today, but I'm positive we've never seen it not raining on Camino. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're right on that. But, but here it's like a sunny, sunny day. Um, Omega's looking at the burning wreckage of the city. And Tech says they should leave before the Empire shows up. And Wrecker asks if Crosshair wants to come. But Crosshair has made his decision. Hunter says they don't have to be enemies, even if they want different things. Crosshair, once again, doesn't say anything. This is like a staring contest with this character at this point. Omega hangs back for a minute. She thanks Crosshair for saving AZ, and presumably her. And Crosshair says that they're even. And then, <laughs> and then she tells Crosshair that he's still her brother. And then the ship takes off, leaving Crosshair behind on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, on another planet, uh, sort of like a more foresty planet, we see a, sh- a like a Lambda shuttle landing in a mountain base. Looks like a base that's like cut like a ring into the top of a mountain. On the shuttle, a clone commando, a couple of clone commandos get off um, with Nala Say, a woman who we talked about in the actor portion in an Imperial in an imperial uniform, comes out to greet her. She says that they admire her t- scientific talents, and the Empire has big things planned for Nala Say. The right. end. Series, season, wrap. The end. Yeah. I want to talk, I want to hear everything you have to say about this episode, but I want to okay. get it out in front. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it, I guess. Um, but it, it wasn't... I, I liked it for just a regular episode, but for a season finale, no, it stunk. It did not live up to expectations. I, for some reason, I really like psyched myself up for this, uh, you know, against you know my better judgment. And so when I watched it this morning, I you know I woke up early because it's just I wake up early, so I was just like, okay, I'm gonna watch. You know, it's Friday, I'm gonna watch Bad Batch. Then afterwards, I'm just kind of like, I had that feeling of like after seeing um, the Force Awakens the first time in the theater, I'm just kind of like, what? What the hell is this? You know, how many times did you watch it today? Um, two. Yeah, so I watched it twice too, and I'm I'm in general agreement. I did enjoy the episode. I think it was a good episode. I think I think this episode suffers a lot by comparison to the last episode, meaning episode fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think if if the series ended after the last episode, you end on an absolute cliffhanger. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And you have to wait a year to find out. Yeah, my, my thoughts exactly. Now you've got to wait for a year to find out, like, what, about Nalase? I, I didn't realize that Nalase became, like, this character that everybody loves. I don't care about Nalase. She's a you monster. Know? Like, she's, she's like Joseph Mengele, right? She's, she's like a war scientist. She's not a sympathetic character in the least. She called the clones property, literally like a genetic engineer, who built an army of super soldiers? She is not sympathetic. I yeah, don't care was, what happens to her. At yeah, she all. was in the she was in the fives uh, arc, right? 
Yep. Yep. And she yeah. and she knew back then what was going to happen. And and she just wanted to conceal it from the Republic. Right? And mm-hmm. so she was the villain of that episode arc as well. Yeah, I just I don't care. And now I've gotta wait a whole year. I mean I'm 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 interested, but you know, like what they've got going on, but I don't really care about her. She's, you know, like as far as kind of like a you know the last minute sort of thing, it's kind of like yeah, it's eh, eh, you know I don't see what the big deal is, you know. And then the whole episode, you know, the whole episode was them escaping. I think they could have done a lot. They could have uh, gotten more into the episode by cutting down their escape a lot. Yeah, you know, it would have been it would have been more interesting. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Sorry, like, but they they run from room to room. Stuff is happening room to room, but it's roughly all the same stuff. And throughout the thing, they're not really growing. They're not really, like, helping each other. They're just surviving from room to room. Crosshair and Hunter don't get closer together. Wrecker and Hunter don't get closer together. There's that great moment between Tech and Crosshair, but it doesn't pay off in any way, right? It doesn't, like, it doesn't actually engender any greater understanding of the team toward what crosshair has been through and why he's the way he is. Maybe you had an opportunity to do that and you sort of wasted it. And because, because you gave them all of these MacGuffins, it's like, like, Oh, the door is stuck. Oh, this is filling up with the water. Oh, the tube is broken. Oh, the sea monster is going to eat us. Right. It's just, it, it's not plot driven. It's not telling you more about the characters. It's not giving them an opportunity to grow. It's just telling them, like, if you don't keep running, you're going to die. Yeah. In the end, before the, the Nalase part, is just kind of like, um, you know, it's not like a, uh, you know, Owen and Baru holding Luke, looking off at the setting sun. And you think of like, oh, you know what? Well, we know what's going to happen, but, you know, there's there's future on the horizon, you know, f- you know future adventures and whatnot. You know, Ezra, you know, activating the Sith holocron. It's just kind of like they just fly away and then just Crosshair is just standing there. Which, for what reason? <sighs> Why yeah. did he stay there? Does he think they're going to come pick him up? Because isn't it just as likely that they'll let him starve to death there? Yeah, or they'll, you know... Just fly by and blow the fucking platform up? Yeah, you know, unless he's got some sort of, you know, code clearance or something. that He can just say, hey, I'm an officer of blah, 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 and they'll pick him up. But, you know, more than likely, I would think that, you know, like, you know, he's garbage to them. You know, like, he failed, so, you know, they've got, they don't need him anymore. Rampart, Rampart basically said to kill him. If you don't, if you, like, bring him back, what's Rampart going to do? Just say, like, ah, oh, just kidding, buddy. Like, please don't kill me, right? Or is he just going to, like, shoot him yeah, out of ma- an airlock? Yeah, I mean, maybe he just, maybe he knows his fate, but he just wants to, he doesn't care about being a number. He just wants to be a soldier and be in battle. I, I don't know. But it's just kind of like, it was very anticlimactic because it just seemed like he's thinking, you know, he kind of, throughout the season, you know, he kind of holds his head sometimes, making you wonder if he's got like a headache or, you know, if it's, is it the chip or what? But maybe he's just super emotional, keeps it all inside. <laughs> I don't Yeah, know, I mean, when he, like, when he goes off the pout by himself before Omega tells him he's a bad person, um, he does grab his head like he has a headache. So what's what's going on there? Right. I said, I just finished through the edit of our last episode, and I had said in that episode that they need to resolve something about Crosshair. They better not leave it unresolved, and they did. Mm-hmm. I am not convinced that we know what Crosshair's deal is right now. Is he 
under the thrall of some sort of programming, or is is he just this stubborn and problematic as a character? Um, yeah, I'm, I'd buy it either way at this point. Yeah, and you know, and I had to trust that Crosshair is, you know, he's not a real person. He's just being written that way, so that that they uh, specifically made him this way because uh, for you know what they've got planned for the second season. So yeah, so I was wrong. He's definitely not back, but he's definitely not the same either. So I don't know, but it's just this whole episode was just kind of anticlimactic. The episode before, you know, I I was I was thinking it all day. If you know, if they'd ended it with 15 episodes, that would have like that would have like sucked as a cliffhanger. But at the same time, it's like I would have understood. That would have been like, ooh, that's one hell of a cliffhanger to end on. I think I think you're you saying as we're opening the Sith holocron is what is what really did it for me. That is the way to end the season because mm-hmm. it makes it makes everybody speculate for a year. What's going on with Ezra? How could he open a Sith holocron? Is Ezra Snoke and all that garbage? Yeah. With this, I was like, I'm not really. What are they up to? It's like I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I'll speculate because I'm a loser Star Wars fan, so I will obviously be thinking about Star Wars. But it's not like it was before. Not like just like not rabid. You know, end of the Force Awakens. She holds the Luke's lightsaber out to him, and then. It, and then there's all sorts of, you know, speculation of what's going on. This is more just kind of like, well, you know, they're probably just going to be running around the galaxy. And, you know, like, whatever you think is going to happen to Crosshair when he gets back to the Empire, it's probably not going to happen. And it'll be like nothing, like nothing ever bad happened at all. You know, because, like, what he, what's he going to say? That he let them go? Or is he going to lie and say that he escaped by himself and they're dead? Or they... But they're going to show up. I mean, he can't lie, right? Because it, it becomes incredibly problematic. He doesn't have a future, right? Because his future flew off on the Marauder, and he could have he could have worked back into their graces um, and won back their trust, or at least come to an understanding with that group. But they left him behind at his silent request, because um, mm-hmm. he didn't even ask them to leave them behind. He just didn't respond. I don't know. It's like I said. I like this episode. I think it's. I think it's fine. It's like a piece of Star Wars, but it doesn't. It just feels like it didn't have the courage of its conviction to actually give Crosshair his redemption arc. Yeah, I mean, it was nice in the fact that a lot of times that like, and there's a lot of Star Wars material where the the um, in, like the Imperial crosses over, you know, defects. It was nice that it was just like he's just like no, I'm good, I'm sticking with the Empire, even though they fucked him over, and so that like you know they're not relying on that trope of like oh the you know the Empire is bad because they they hurt me. It's like yeah they hurt me and I'm still going back to them like a kicked puppy. Yeah, so that's uh, I guess nice change of pace of to look kind of positive. No, I I appreciate that point of view. I wish we would have heard more of his reasoning then. Or at least believe that he has a way back to that life. Because I don't believe he does. I don't acknowledge... I, I, I can't see any mechanism by which he can go back without saying, like, yeah, they got away. Can I be... Can I get my gun back? Yeah. I assume the only thing is that, that he would be welcomed back because he somehow survived. He needs to be emulated. That, like, because he's, you know, like, super tough to kill. But sure, sure, that's he, possible. 
Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is all about just like making excuses why things don't logically happen. So that's 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 my kind of like reasoning for why he won't just be a you know thrown into a wood chipper or abandoned by the Empire. Well, I don't want to get too much. I don't want to end too much on a downer um, because I think next week we're going to do sort of a series wrap up and or season wrap up at least and talk about all sixteen episodes a little bit just talk about things that we liked about the show is there anything else that we want to discuss about this particular episode no there's not there's nothing that like stuck out in my mind that that was like oh neat because it was just them running through the entire time there wasn't a whole lot of like like little like canon um you know little uh canon easter eggs yeah no easter eggs in this one as far as i know no no deeper meanings it's we saw moments of um, Omega's being overwhelmed by the emotion of watching this place be destroyed, but really it was a survival episode. Like you said, it's abyss, you know. Mm-hmm. Should we move on and do our rating? We rate every episode based upon a Star Wars character. A um, So a really good episode would be something like Han, Luke, Leia, uh, you, know, you know, a major character from the original trilogy. And then a bad episode would be like one of the weird nuns on Octo. They're just kind of like... The caretakers? Yeah, the caretakers, yeah. Those turtle, those turtle women? Yeah, they look kind of like um, something from the Dark Crystal. Um, <laughs> oh, the, you know, that one witch who has like the one eye? Yeah. I can't think of her name. But uh, yeah, so Matt, what do, you, uh, what do you give this episode? So I did like this episode. I just think it sort of... I think it's a little too one-dimensional and sort of fails in its execution and suffers from comparison. Uh, so I'm having a really hard time picking a character. I was sort of leaning toward Arenda Price um, because I like that character, but she is not really great at being the governor of Lothal. Yeah. And she's sort of outmaneuvered and outshined by everybody around her. And her big, her big idea to like sort of save her position is to bring in someone way more competent than her, which is when she calls in Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I'll, I'll stick with Arenda Price for my rating. Did, okay. you, did you think of a character? Yeah, I did. I'm going to give this one to Captain Phasma because like Captain Phasma, you know, I was super excited to, uh, you know, to uh, kind of see it, you know, experience it. And then like Captain Phasma, there was just kind of like, there's a little something, but not a whole lot. And it just kind of was over before you knew it. Just like, you know, just kind of like Phasma. She didn't really do anything cool other than probably the coolest thing she did was the the fight scene with Finn and, you know, like the execu- um, the almost execution in The Last Jedi. After that, it's just kind of like, you know, she's just a cool-looking stormtrooper. That's about it. Yeah, I, I, I echo that about Phasma. I had huge, huge hopes for that character. She's barely in the films. She ends up in a garbage compactor in one, and then she ends up falling into the pit in the second one, and isn't in it, isn't in the third one, because she's presumably dead. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, good call. So that's 16 episodes. Um, Can I give so, the uh, explanation for what's coming next? You go for it. All right, so... Now that we've done the 16 episodes of Bad Batch, I think next week, we've got f- five weeks until Visions starts, which is the new Star Wars anime 
show. And we are going to review that. It'll be a nice change um, for style. And we're sort of talking about how to do those shows. We might try a slightly different format for those, but we're still discussing that. So we're not going to preview that here. In that five-week break, though, I think we're going to do a wrap-up episode for season one. And then I think we're going to take a few weeks to review the 2003 animated web series Clone Wars from uh, Tartavosky. I think Jamie and I both really like that series. Um, at least I recall that we do. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely do. Um, yeah, I recently rewatched it. It was pretty good. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's shockingly good. I rewatched it with the kids recently. I think it's aged really well too. So we're going to do that over a few weeks, and then I think we'll probably do a preview episode for Visions, where we talk about the trailer and what we know about it going in, and then review Visions, uh, the same way we did Bad Batch, so one a week. Right. So we hope you stick with us for that. We'll knock out Tartavosky's Clone Wars in the interim, and so watch that with us if you want. Um, We'll be tweeting out what episodes we're doing, what weeks, and you can see that at Yubcast on Twitter. You know, and say, you know, thanks for listening. You know, be sure to uh, rate us on uh, whatever app that you use, Stitcher, iTunes, or uh, anywhere else you can find us, you know. Please, uh, please give us good ratings because, you know, with good ratings, you know, we could eventually start selling, you know, um, questionable, you know, dietary supplements that don't need uh, FDA approval. You know, stuff that contain like lead and stuff like that. You know, it's good for Alex Jones. It's good for Yubcast. So, and, but maybe if you didn't like this, you know, podcast, you think we suck, go ahead and tell somebody you don't like just because fuck them, right? <laughs> so we'll be back next week with our season wrap up for the season one of bad batch talk to you then thank you for downloading and listening to this episode we would also like to thank jordan white for the use of his cover of yub note as our intro and outro music please refer to the show notes for photos clips and links from this episode side effects from listening to yubcast may include dizziness dry mouth a sense of confusion and decreased sex drive Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewa, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Dun, 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 dun,